raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. He is drunk with power. His dream has come true. It's the Fiddy and Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. He is giddy. He is laughing hysterically before the show even starts, like uncontrollably laughing behind the mic because of the Fiddy and Walker show that will bless you for the next 15 minutes, at least reportedly for the next 15 minutes before Wes graces us with his presence. It's all on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are in a group chat with Wes, a part of the three kings that he named us, the three kings in our group chat. And he texted us, hey, I'm going to be a little late to the show. Just tell the people I got kidnapped by Rihanna or something, which I'm not sure why that would be the reason. Not sure what Rihanna has to do with any of this. He wishes. I'd imagine he wouldn't be back in 15 minutes. If he did get kidnapped by Rihanna, he'd be begging to be gone more than just 15 did you do something to set it up, Fiddy, to where you were going to be a part of the Fiddy and Walker show, at least for the main segment? No, I did not. But you asked before you cut your mic on, why are you laughing? Mm-hmm. I've known you four years. I mean, kind of. Yeah. I have never seen you look so unenthused to do anything more in your life <laughs> than a segment alone with just me. You, you are so paranoid. You are so paranoid. And all you're saying, every time that you walk into the fishbowl, I said, what's up yesterday to greet you. And you said, oh, is that all I get? Just a what's up, Fiddy? And then you say on air that I didn't tell you what's up. There is no winning with you because you don't care about the truth. What you care about is all how it pertains to you and how you benefit. And so now we have people writing in like Wolfpack James. Oh, Lord, Walker, please just promise me you keep that child in his place. People are worried about what you might spew on these airwaves with you having your own segment. Now, not to say that you haven't had this before with Charlotte Sports today. We've done shows together, but it feels a little eerie that Wes is gone and you are so giddy about the opportunity to have the next 15 minutes to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, look, we we all we all love Wes, right? Like Wes is Wes is everyone's favorite. We've got I've got a bad feeling about this. But like <laughs> Would it be past me to have done something to make him miss the first segment of today's show? Mm -hmm. I would say no, but I'm not that type of guy because Wes is my, you know, he is one of my favorite people in the world to work with. Uh We have the relationship that you are jealous of. So you think it's on me? No. You think I'm the one that held, you think I'm the one that actually put a flat tire on Wes's car or something. But what if I did something to make Wes miss the first segment of the show Mm -hmm. 
that way you and I can start to build an even bigger and better relationship that then Petty West can be jealous of. All right, I want to send this to the text line, 704-570-9610. One, I want to hear some of the reasons that West might be late. I also want to hear if you think Fitty, if given the chance, would do something for me to be late or off of the show or Wes. Because if it was me, then I think all eyes would be on you. And then it would be the Wes and Fitty show and you'd get your real dream. Like this is basically plan B somehow. I don't know what you couldn't do to get me off of the show, but plan A would be the Wes and Fitty show. Yeah. That's what it would be. That'd be plan A. The, the, the easy way to make sure you missed the show would be to have something happen to one of your fish tanks. Oh no, that's right. I got to take care of that. But uh, like, like that's almost too personal. Not my bamboo shrimp. <laughs> like, not the gobies. I, I know that would be something that would be really hard for you to deal with. Like, if something were to go terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I always have a few tricks up my sleeve. I wanted to pull a prank on you at, at April's Fool's Day, so. I've already got my prank for next year in motion, but it's for Willie P and not you. All so right. you're off the hook. Um, I don't know if you're just doing that to get my guard down. DJ Skinner said Fitty would never cross his bestie in West Bryant. Ron the Plumber said either a flat tire or something to do with his kid. Okay, this got real serious from Ron the Plumber. <laughs> we, we didn't we didn't really take the spirit of well, that I mean, question. Dude, Bryce is out of school right now. So if Bryce was acting a fool, doing some of the stuff we know Bryce mm-hmm. is known to do, and we know Wes is a, dis- uh, a disciplinarian. That's right. Papa Bryant had to show up, <laughs> is what we're saying. All right, like, I don't want. Yeah, seven oh four said bubble guts. <laughs> 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 it might be K Town Mafia. Wet is late uh, because his girlfriend demanded that he run some errands real quick. Yeah, I wouldn't kill him for that. I would say, look, go ahead and take care of what you got to take care of before you hop on Wes and Walker. We do have the NBA Finals tonight at 120. We were successful in our message, our PSA, to UFC fighter Brian Battle. He will be joining us at 120 to talk about the 50000 that Dana White gave to him after Hunter Bailey, our guest yesterday, asked a question when the event was in town, and Dana said to Hunter, he should be thanking you. So then we put out a PSA, hey, maybe we could get some kind of club event going. Maybe you could, Wes, ask Brian to throw a couple bands Hunter's way. So we'll get to all of that at 120. He's got to show up by 145 because we have fire or fizzle and i can't do what west does there you can't either that's a very specific west segment so we'll get to all of that in just a moment but right now even with west doing the whole chris farley thing and tommy boy hey stop the bus stop the bus <laughs> we don't stop for anybody west it's time for fitty to open up the doors let's pull up to the scene without west fitty let's get off the bus we look good getting off the bus i got something to say also texted in i think wes dumped some wings in his lap so he's got to take care of that yeah wes loves chicken wings it is actually a big common thread between you two and your friendship we'll ask him once he does show up whenever that point is (laughs) we do have game one of the nba finals tonight tip is set for 8 30 it will be taking place in denver who do you (sighs) this was my segment it is the wes and walker show and he's coming in speeding as he mentions He's already recording. That's right. Have you been? Have I'm you always been, work. You're also disrupting the flow. What's going on, Wes? That's what we do. We disrupted the flow of radio. That's what you do. That's what you do. That's right. You disrupt the flow. Can you tell the people what you're doing right now and man, why you're late? Man, finishing up this car deal, man, and, and the guy got lost bringing the car to deliver it. 
the Bentley Coupe that I ordered and the Lamborghini Urus. He was oh, I late. Could, I could hear you out of breath. And, uh, yeah, man, he was supposed to be there like 10 o'clock, 1030 this morning. Guy gets lost. I don't know how you get lost from Atlanta to Concord. And then he's like, well, you know, he was an older man. I didn't get mad at him, man. He had to be a little bit over 70. Yeah. Gold tooth, had the charisma of an old player. You couldn't get mad at him. Mm Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you get there, you got to sign like nine pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. And then I got in the whip and came, man. I was a little angry, though. You missed it early. I was doing a little bit of barking before that. What was your barking? Well, Because I was telling I said, man, I don't have time for this this morning. I got a radio show. Like, what are you doing? You were supposed to be here like 10, 10, 30. I called a guy. First, he says he's pumping gas. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, then he's sitting there like, well, I, I, I see a, a parking deck. I said, a parking deck? I was like, I know exactly where he was. I said, man, this day is hectic already. All right. But well, we're here. Uh, Bryce you, Young. You catch your breath. Uh, we're not talking I'm about good. Bryce Young. I ain't Young. out of breath. We're, we're not talking Bryce Young right now. <laughs> we, we can if you want to. Uh, we're talking about the NBA Finals <laughs> predictions for game one. Fitty, we'll give you just a little sliver of the opening segment that you thought you were going to get in the first segment. Who do you think wins game one? What are your finals predictions altogether? Uh, I actually think Miami wins tonight. I, I, I think they steal one on the road in the altitude because Denver's going on a nine-day layoff. It's hard to replicate uh, that that in practice. So I've got Miami in game one, but I've got I've got Denver in five. I think they win four straight. A, a backwards gentleman sweep, I guess what you would call it. Sure. But I, I do think the Nuggets win their first NBA championship. I do too. I think the Denver Nuggets win. I'm going to give Miami two games because I'm going to give them more respect than they've been getting in this finals, despite my belief that the Denver Nuggets are going to win this thing too. I think Denver actually wins tonight. I think I saw a stat. They haven't been beaten in Denver since March, if I'm not mistaken. They have not been beaten at home in the entire postseason, which is an absolute ridiculous stat. They have been fantastic in the Mile High City. So I do think Denver's going to win game one. I think they win the entire finals in six games. All right, Wes, what is your finals prediction coming in with a photo finish in the first second? In seven. Uh, I respect Miami and what they've done. I mean, they did beat Milwaukee. They beat Boston. They beat some good teams along the way. They won games in Boston. I do believe they're going to win a game in Denver as well. Uh, I think Jokic is the obvious mismatch for them. But when you talk about this Miami team, it's just something about them. You count them out. You think that they're going to get destroyed. And all these guys do is win games. They have a toughness, a mindset about them. I think they're ready to go. They feel like a team of destiny. And then one thing as well, they do have experience as well. And a lot of people try to discount that. But they've been to the finals. A lot of the guys on this team, especially Jimmy and Bam, they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals last year and lost in a heartbreaking fashion. So I think this is a motivated team. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's move on to the second segment. Wes is going to catch his breath, and you guys are going to text in and say why Wes was late, 704-570-9610. The other question we'll ask, who do we think has the most to gain from a NBA Finals win, a championship? Jimmy Butler or Nikola Jokic? That's still to come on Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We changed the name back. It's now Wes and Walker again. What did it turn into? Fiddy and Walker. Oh, okay. That's why Fiddy was so upset. I know. He was happy, and then he was so upset as soon as he walked in. I do want to go back and listen to your reaction as soon as Wes walked in the studio, because that was a very raw emotion coming from you. There was, it, was. it was all truth. I snatched his dreams from him. <laughs> it was the equivalent of your face when you realized you had to do a... Even though we've done an entire show without Wes, mm-hmm. since it became the Wes and Walker show. Now, mind you, I texted y'all and said I was 15 minutes away, so for him to get so upset as if he thought I wasn't going to show up, well, I don't no, quite he, he just thought he was going to get a whole segment is what he thought. Because, you, yeah, he just thought he was going to get a whole segment. And so he was like, all right, my time to shine. You know, not Jeff Charlotte Sports today, but I'm actually going to be the lead here because it's the substitution. Yeah. Wes is gone. Fiddy goes in first, first chair. And he was ready to roll. And then it didn't happen. He did like the movie Showgirls. I don't even know that movie. Showgirls. Never seen it. I'll tell you about it during the break. All right. Sounds I've good. I haven't even seen that one. Showgirls is popular. Oh, I'm like that? sure he's seen it. Okay. That's a B movie, but I know I fit he's seen it. All you gotta say. 704-570-9610. We were asking why Wes was late. Uh Big Chris from Shelby said you had to go to the bathroom. We did get a number Maybe. from we did get seven oh four say you had the bubble guts. Um English Paul said this Fitty has Nick Wilson PTSD and will stop at nothing to become the alpha. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he nailed that one. Seven oh four said Wes lost track of time. Watching Jimmy Butler highlights. Yeah, I think I that's probably true. I fell asleep. Yeah, he fell asleep and he was like, sleep on those weak basic dunks. Wait, what happened? Then Bryce had to come wake me up and say, Dad. Yeah. You know, did it happen again? Yeah. The Jimmy Butler highlight. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- that, that got you to sleep again. Mm-hmm. You got a show to do. Um, yeah, so those are a couple of the reasons as to why Wes was late. We also had a question asking who has the most pressure to win an NBA finals, who has the most to gain between Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler. Once we ask that, we'll get to some Charlotte Hornets conversation. But I think for me, it's Nikola Jokic. Who's got the the most on the line, two time MVP award winner. The only reason that he was getting any excuse whatsoever was the fact that Jamal Murray had gotten hurt at the end of the season, two years ago. And so after getting hurt at the end of the season, that's one postseason run demolished. Okay. Like you're not going to be able to make a finals run. And then that's another postseason run demolished at the end because Jamal just wasn't ready to come back. And so it took a long rehabilitation process. You don't really remember that, but then he comes back ready and now he's trying to just knock the rust off. And so he has done so in a huge way as we've seen some big performances from him, but now there's really no excuse, right? Two time MVP award winner, your runner-up in this year's MVP award. You might have won a third straight had you not cooled the Jets in the last six weeks because you already had the number one seed locked up, and then Joel Embiid was able to do what he did the last six weeks. Have no problem with Embiid winning it. If Jokic would have kept it on, he might have won his third straight MVP. Jimmy Butler's already considered a winner here, right? Like, even if you don't love the highlights, you do love the fact that this dude with a bunch of undrafted free agents Mm -hmm. who does a bunch of the intangibles, the little things, while also giving you 40 sometimes. Jimmy Butler beating the Milwaukee Bucks, going through the Knicks, and then beating the Boston Celtics. Game seven, winning three games in Boston, despite the Celtics having home court advantage. 
Jimmy's already considered a winner here. Yeah, I mean, now he does have one other all-star, but bam. Oh, I don't even know if he made it this year. Did he? No, make not it? this year, but Bam's okay. been an all-star, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes, I think he has. Yeah. Well, I mean, for sure, right? Like, Bam Adebayo is a good player. I have my, ugh, how about him, too, though? Uh, well, against Jokic, for sure. Regardless, Gabe Vincent, Duncan mm-hmm. Robinson, Caleb Martin, all these guys are undrafted free agents. I think it's pretty clearly Nikola Jokic that has the most on the line. Yeah, I think so, too, and I'm just going to keep it all the way real. Uh, a lot of the, the, the black players were starting to doubt him when you heard analysts. You heard Kendrick Perkins going about this. You have a lot of guys that thinking he was getting that Steve Nash treatment the year that he won it and a lot of people felt he didn't deserve it. People were looking at Jokic and I guess a little bit of fatigue but a lot of the black players were saying that hey how is this guy getting all this these these uh this reverence and he hasn't won anything yet but you guys give other guys you discredit them well, when they Kendrick don't. Perkins win. was the guy that really started all of Perk, that. Too. Yeah, but it was kind of an underlying thing, uh, you know, with a lot of the black players and fans as well that they were saying, hey, other players who don't win and win all these awards don't get the reverence that he's getting. Why are you giving him all the this these props as well? So I think that for him in that aspect, this will solidify his status as an all-time great once he gets this ring on his finger because nobody can say anything and I was never in that crowd with that I thought that the guy was just phenomenal no question about it Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying but I do think that he does need that championship to to legitimize everything he's done to this point well and, and if you're going to disregard everything that he's accomplished because this is not the first good postseason run he's had by the way He's been awesome in the other postseason runs. We have seen the Denver Nuggets get to a Western Conference Finals appearance before. It's just they weren't ready. They trade for Aaron Gordon, and then Jamal Murray gets hurt. But when Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. is healthy because they've had to battle through some of his injuries, now that team is just stacked. And so it looks like, for sure, they're the favorites to win the NBA Finals. And if they don't win, Jokic is going to have some criticism to answer to. very true. And and the thing is, we could try to provide context. We could try to look through the numbers. Let's say he does everything he's been doing in this sample size in the NBA Finals. It doesn't matter. I mean, the rings culture thing. It doesn't matter if he goes crazy and shoots 100% from the field. It doesn't matter if you lose. People are going to disregard that and say, nope, he didn't win a ring. Get out of here. We shouldn't give him all this credit. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler, he has the good fortune of having that eight beside his team's name. They're the AC. So if they lose, people will be like, well, they were an AC, whereas last year when they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, then it, I feel like it would be more pressure and his reputation would be a little bit more on the line, but he's going to get more of the love really, no matter how they mm-hmm. perform. All right, so we just want the Charlotte Hornets to make the postseason. We want them to just win a playoff <laughs> series, which they have not done in the second iteration of this franchise, and they haven't done since the old team left, and they did so in 2001 when they lost in a Game 7 with a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Please, please bring some kind of success like that to the Charlotte Hornets I want franchise. Charlotte to be back on the map in the NBA. So badly, <laughs> speaking the truth right there, Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN put out his latest mock draft and he has been one that has always been on the Brandon Miller to Charlotte train. It is no different in this latest mock draft. Gavoni is continuing to say that execs are telling him they expect Brandon Miller to be the pick here in the QC. Now it is important to note none of these sources are actually coming from the Charlotte Hornets organization. He would say, according to a source, Charlotte is feeling Brandon Miller here at number two, but that's not happening. What he's reporting is that other execs outside sources. And what I would 
would say is that it's because the fit makes a lot more sense in our traditional mind or whatever mind you bring to the basketball floor. It makes more sense. LaMelo at your one. All right. You're going to try to take care of your two. Let's take care of the three with Brandon Miller. So on and so forth. But here's some of the intel here. Gavoni also says that Miller's camp hopes they can convince Charlotte to take him on their June 10th visit 10 days from now. And I'm interested in just how much the off-court issue weighs here because Gavoni is saying that that is the biggest factor in all of this with Brandon Miller possibly going to Charlotte at two or Brandon Miller falling, quote-unquote, to Portland and Portland taking him at number three. How much weight should this off-court issue carry in regards to taking Brandon Miller? Yeah, I think it should carry a lot because I think it's a two-fold issue here for me when you talk about the prospect of bringing back Miles Bridges also you're going to get a double PR whammy with Miles coming back now you add this kid with what he had going on for an organization that's just trying to get some type of positivity going coming into the season but it's going to be marred by questions and character and what's going on with this team so you have that going but then just the fundamental issue of decision making you say to yourself okay he's a young kid but at the crux of all this I still say to myself I don't care who you are. If you're my teammate asking you to bring me, bring you a gun and you can't tell me why, I'm not bringing you anything. And I'm not going to have a gun in the first place. And I'm not bringing you a gun. If that's my teammate, I'm going to say, what do you need it for? No, I'm not bringing you a gun for what? And so that's my thing. Either you are too gullible or you are just too, you succumb to peer pressure too easily. Um, it, it has to be some type of factor going on, and that's the biggest thing for me with this. For him, it's just a fundamental decision of, yo, you guys have NBA potential. You're playing D1 basketball at the highest level. What the hell are you carrying guns for, and why would you bring your teammate a gun? At the very least, at the very least, it was a horrible decision, yes. and that's something that could have been recognized in real time. It's like, hey, bring me my gun. Now, you <laughs> might be thinking, okay, it's his gun, so I'm just going to bring it to him because he's the owner, but also it's like, you need it now? Seriously. <laughs> like, but what? Can you not? Is it okay if we just wait a little bit? Sure. Maybe you don't want it in your car, but also, like, why do you Why do you seem so urgent? Is there a reason? You're going like, to the range? If, unless you tell me you're going to the range, I'm not bringing it. Well, and the other thing, too, like, look, man, I'm not here to completely end any of the rehabilitation that could come from Brandon Miller making a horrible decision. I very much believe in that, that I'm not going to hold this guy accountable for the rest of his life. He needs to be held accountable with the bad decision he made. Let's not get it twisted, but I'm not going to punish him for the rest of his life for a decision that he made a very poor one, him being this young. I understand not wanting to draft him. Like you got to suffer some kind of consequences in some respect. And it's why we all were questioning why is Nate Oates and why is Alabama allowing him to play on the court? Mm -hmm. Like we can all question as to, well, he wasn't criminally involved, man. We talk about people getting suspended for things that are much less than providing the weapon that was used in a murder at the very least, the very least, it was a horrible, horrible decision. Even if he is not quote unquote criminally involved. And so if you are Charlotte, you are in a little bit of a different situation here than other franchises because you're probably going to bring back Miles Bridges, who, by the way, before the offseason started last year, was arrested immediately, turned himself in to be arrested, by the way, for felony domestic violence, right. felony off the rip because of the injuries suffered by Michelle Johnson. So now if you're going to bring him back after one season, 
missing an entire year and then the first 10 games of this upcoming season and then you got Brandon Miller and Miles Bridges to bring out there on the wing yeah you're gonna have to answer for some of this and it probably does carry a little more weight for Charlotte than it might for some of these other franchises I feel like they need to pick one or the other I I really do I feel like it's just too much they need to figure out okay are we gonna bring Miles back or are we gonna draft this kid I think you gotta take one but I, I just feel like you can't have both um, I do want to answer this question, too, by a 619 number writing in. Does the potential new ownership want to start their legacy with Brandon Miller and Miles Bridges PR issues? So I, I want to use that to transition into something that was written here about Scoot Henderson, because to me, the intel provided by Jonathan Gavoni on Scoot was weird and interesting. That not only does Brandon hope to convince Charlotte officials that he should be the number two overall pick, but Scoot wants to be the number two pick here as well. He wants to come to Charlotte, according to Gavoni. And part of the reason was because of the close proximity that Charlotte has to Marietta, Georgia, his hometown, which, okay, I could understand. I don't know if that would be something I invest all of my interest in because it being so close, but Portland is quite literally the furthest away you could get to Marietta, Mar- Marietta, not Marcus Marietta, Marietta, <laughs> Georgia. So cool. But the other interest here is that Gavoni says Henderson's camp, they're intrigued by new ownership. The process of Michael Jordan actually selling the team intrigues Scoot Henderson and his camp. Wow. Which that part was weird, which goes to show you. It's always been a little far-fetched, and it's reason and it's reasonable to think that MJ owning a team might be attractive to some of these guys that want to go play for what is considered the GOAT, but it just hasn't worked out all that much. And now you even have somebody like Scoot, who he didn't grow up with Michael Jordan. Hell, we've got Fiddy, who didn't include a Michael Jordan's moment in his finals best moments of all time <sighs> because he didn't watch him. No, Why I'm am just, I catching strange? I can help that I'm 26 and bald. Boom. <laughs> I don't care that you're bald. That's okay. (laughs) The point being is that Fiddy is 26 and he doesn't remember Michael Jordan. I'm 30. Caught the very end. Yeah. Like barely, right? 97, the second to last finals. I'm like five years old. Okay. So it's not unreasonable to think that Scoot Henderson might not. Oh yeah. I grew up watching Michael. These guys like Kobe. These guys like LeBron. And so it's like, Hey, if he's, if they sell and you have some kind of brighter days on the horizon, because Michael's not known to be a great owner, that might be intriguing. I thought that I thought that was an interesting little piece of evidence here from Gavoni saying that Scoot Henderson does want to come to Charlotte. Yeah, the first thing, though, I thought about, too, is with the money that these guys are making, if they're able to be as marketable as they want to be. You, you've seen articles or posts talking about John Morant having a propensity to be a billionaire. We see the trajectory that Steph Curry is on. And I also thought when you said that, is he interested in one day feeling like he could be wealthy enough to be able to own a team and wants to see the process. Those were my first thoughts. But then you bring in the piece that you bring in, and I also think that that plays into it too. Playing for Michael Jordan hasn't been nearly what anybody I feel like has thought it would be, just as far as the the ownership on the court and, and the things that you see. And I think players feel a lot of the same way. And I think it goes back to a lot of stuff, you know, not to go too deep, but just stuff you've seen and heard about him over the years, about stuff he said to teammates, ways that he's been in practice and stuff. I think, guys, it's one of those never-meet-your-idol type of things. And I think when these guys meet him and get around him, they're like, oh, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Well, and also, <laughs> yeah, I've always talked about how money is going to talk a little bit louder than playing 
for Michael Jordan when you might have access to him in other ways outside of just playing for the Hornets either. Sure. Right? It's like, so if I'm going to get a bigger contract with another team who wants to also give me playing time, whatever is most valuable to you as far as a basketball player goes, that's going to talk a little bit louder. And so Charlotte, Portland, it's not like you have one of these situations where a big market franchise was able to get a high pick because of some trade they made five years ago. So Charlotte is not going to lose out to a Portland because Portland is also a smaller market, right? It's not like any NBA player is saying, man, I would love to go to Portland. You might like Portland. It's no shade. I'm just saying, I don't know if Portland is going to be the LA, the New York or Miami to, Hey, get your attention away from the city of Charlotte. So we don't have that going on here as well. Last thing I will say is that we got some news yesterday that the Hornets are going to play in the California Classic with some other prominent franchises in the California Classic, of course, like the Cali teams, the Lakers, the Golden State Warriors. Miami is going to be a part of this group. Sacramento, the other Cali team. But San Antonio is going to be there. Yes. So why would the Charlotte Hornets be listed with these other prominent teams and the exciting upcomer like Sacramento was last year? Well, it's because they got the second overall pick and the Spurs have Wimby. So now Charlotte is actually getting a little bit of national love with the second overall selection. And Scoot does have the national appeal. Brandon was able to get that with his lone year at Alabama. And so who do you think the NBA, who do you think Adam Silver wants Charlotte to select? Because they put Charlotte in here for a reason. Yeah. uh, So you're asking which one do you think that. Which one do you think the NBA would like Charlotte to take? Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson? Yeah, I think it's Scoot easily. Yeah, marketability. I think Brandon Miller is going to have a hard time getting uh, endorsements. I think it's going to take him a little while. I don't think he's going to go without, but I think it's just going to take him a few years of really establishing himself as an excellent player with an excellent reputation off the court before companies start to touch him at this point. I think Scoot uh, immediately, once he shows that he's got the goods, and I know he'll probably have a few pre-draft endorsements in the can as well. I think it's no question here that it's going to be Scoot Henderson. How are you going to feel seeing Wimby suit up for the Spurs? Cry. Mm. Just cry. Just sit there, man. It just, every time he scores, just choking up, talking to your friends about you. Yo, you see that jump shot? It was about to that? happen. It was about to happen. You see that dog? Yeah. I'm okay. If you if you still want to <laughs> grieve the loss of a potential win beat here, I, I got to get over it, right? I at need to some, check it off. Some, at some point, it would be pretty miserable to but just that, live with that. It's still going to be raw that first time you see it, though. You know, it's like the at least they're getting rid of this right off the bat. Like July third is when this just game is going to be played. the band aid off immediately. First yeah. game, cool, done. You yeah. could see Scoot go at Wimby. Hopefully, they play. I hope there's not any injuries that might pop up, knock on wood. That would yeah. suck. The NBA would certainly hate that. Yeah. But this is cool to see both of yeah, these guys. It's like, it's like that woman you wanted or she wanted you and you broke her heart and she saw you again for the first time ever. And it's just still raw, you know? Yeah, but we're doing pretty well post-breakup. With Scoot. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I look good. I understand. Wimby was great. I would have loved to have had him number one. But post-breakup. Doing all right for ourselves here, as long as it's Scoot Henderson. I'm doing good. Don't worry about me. I'm playing, Brandon. All right, Fitty, what's our first (laughs) flash of the day? It's all right to be little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. All right, so you were asking questions of why Wes was late to the show. Mm-hmm. I think we got an answer yesterday as to why he was late. But I do think about Pop-Tarts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. 
<laughs> Those damn Pop-Tarts, yeah, man. man. Did they just take too long in the toaster? Yeah. Did you just have to keep going back I burnt a couple and yeah. watching those Jimmy Butler highlights. I, I was know. just getting mesmerized by the lack of crossovers and moves. And then <laughs> I said, oh, snap, I got Pop-Tarts. I, I, I like the idea of Wes sleeping with the phone propped up in his lap. Jimmy Butler highlights going through and then just Pop-Tarts dribbling out of his mouth. Right. <laughs> That's the kind of picture I am imagining. Or smoking in the kitchen because yeah. I'm burning them. Yeah, 100%. So that's why Wes was late, huh, Fiddy? Yeah, and my, for my actual Flash content, maybe a surprising move. The Celtics are going to bring back Joe Missoula. Brad Stevens did confirm this morning that he will be back as the C's head coach. To me, that spells a breakup in Boston between Brown and Tatum. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with Jalen Brown, and possibly there's a little bit of a Charlotte Hornet link here. We can get to that a little bit later in the show. Kevin O'Connor Kevin O'Connor had something to say Ooh, about geez. the possibility of trading Jalen Brown to the Charlotte Hornets. Coming up next, though, we got to talk a little bit more round ball, except in the college level. Caleb Love, after, uh, after deciding to transfer to Michigan, Decides to go to Arizona. What's a bigger impact, Caleb Love to Arizona or Elliot Cadeau going to North Carolina and reclassifying? We'll ask that question coming up next on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Bringing it to you live. Talking sports, talking ball, talking whatever. But Charlotte FC, Major League Soccer is now in season and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Also, don't forget to hit that follow button and check us out on social. We bring you all the behind the scenes stuff every single day. WFNZ Instagram and Twitter, the Wes and Walker Twitter. Wes got range on Twitter and Instagram. Walker Mail on Instagram. and I mean, on uh, Twitter. And HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. Walker, you want me to give him your uh, Facebook? Yeah, if you don't mind. It's just uh, <laughs> just my first and last name, as you've all come to know it. My social security number is uh, yeah, right. at Walker Mail. All right, but now we're going to talk a little bit of college hoops. Caleb Love, former North Carolina standout, I guess. Is that a little bit too strong for him? I, I think, think we could call so. him a standout, standout right? Standout is still okay. All right, so, or we're talking about also Elliot Cadu, who reclassified. Cadeau, right? Cadeau. It is Cadeau. Cadeau. Yeah. Cadeau. All right. So uh, we're talking about those two and the impact they could have on their team last, uh, next season. Sorry. And so the thing is, Hubert Davis, he had a lot to say about 
recruits and reclassifying, talked about how he didn't think it was a good idea. But now that he's gotten Mr. Cadeau, he has definitely softened his stance and is Mm -hmm. very welcoming to the five-star freshman that is an assist machine. I watched some of his highlights. He is the real deal. So who do you think will provide the biggest impact, and what do you think about Hubert Davis uh, going back on his feeling? All right, so I'll start with the Hubert Davis question because in February – He made a radio appearance and he said, I've just never seen it work out well for somebody reclassifying. (laughs) It's a huge jump from high school to playing in college and at our level. I think it's even more difficult now because of the COVID extra year and the transfer portal. In order to play at this level, there's also been there also has to be a sense of maturity. And so that's what he said then. But now here he is talking about Elliot Cadeau saying he creates at will, able to get his own buckets, see the open man, and elevate those around him. He can play basketball. He's shifty with the ball with a quick burst, and he just continues to go on about how great he is and talks about him, of course, reclassifying, going to be a big part of this basketball team. Look, I don't mind him shifting this. If he changes his mind, that's okay. It's just pretty clearly a shift here because when you have somebody this talented, when you have somebody that is going to be able to be the point guard of point guards past in North Carolina, then it's going to be really tantalizing. It's going to be attractive, especially when you actually salvaged a pretty good portion of your transfer portal season because it took a little while and then they got Cormac Ryan. You're like, all right, feeling better. You get Jalen Withers. Okay, cool. Might have some ability coming over from Louisville. But then you get Harrison Ingram, and then that's when I started to get real excited. Like, okay, now you've got some real nice pieces coming aboard with R.J. Davis and Armando Bacot coming back. And now with Cadeau reclassifying, I would call this offseason for North Carolina a real success. And I do think that it feels to me, Wes, I know it's weird to say this, and I will be clowned if you want to. That's fine. To me, I think Cadeau reclassifying might have a bigger impact. Because I just think with him having the facilitation to go alongside an R.J. Davis, to go alongside a Mar- Armando Baycott, to help them in the half court, and then with Arizona, I'm sorry, I just got to see something from Arizona in the postseason rather than a first-round exit or another trip that doesn't include a Final Four. I, is Steve Robinson really going to be the conduit to good basketball, Caleb Love being that guy that can also bring that to Arizona in the postseason? I don't know. I, I, I love Cadeau. I love the moves they've made this offseason. I'm excited as hell to see Carolina basketball. You are 100% right that Cadeau is going to have more of an impact than Caleb Love. We know what we're going to get from Caleb Love. Will he improve? Maybe he can. But uh, Arizona is the same old story all the time. They get all the hype during the season. They win a ton of games, get to the tournament, and they choke. But this kid coming into Carolina, especially at a position that has been kind of a position you for them, putting out great point guards, at least in college basketball lore for sure. And this kid, it seems to be next in line. You've heard everything Hubert Davis said about him. Plus, I just love freshmen, okay? I love when the guys come out of high school and you get to see them translate and see what they're going to do from one level to the next. This kid, as I said, watched his footage tremendous basketball IQ. I mean, it's really special to see a kid in high school average 9.3 assists like he's been averaging on the EYBL circuit. And I think that that's something that is being overlooked to an extent. I agree. Because a lot of kids you see average four to five assists and they're considered top of the line point guards. This kid's averaging nine assists. So this tells you how unselfish he is. He's going to get everybody going. He's going to make everybody better. So he's a tremendous pickup for the Tar Heels the, the light is going to shine bright on this kid, and so he's going to have every opportunity 
to become a Carolina legend, I feel like. Yeah, Fiddy, let me ask you this, because I, I do want your opinion on both of these questions, right? How big of an impact? Are we crazy to think that Cadeau could actually provide a bigger impact than what Caleb Love might bring to Arizona? You can talk about the reclassifying comments from Coach Davis. But also, the more I watch Cadeau, the more I think he is the most exciting prospect to go to Carolina since blank. Like, if we were to fill in the blank, who would that be? Because th- this guy being on the EYBL circuit, playing for the Swedish, na- Swedish national team, getting invited amongst all of the other best players in high school basketball, and being awesome in those games, he's as exciting a guy that I've seen come to Carolina in at least a while for me. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably put Nazir Little's just, you know, his his, his highlight tape up there. Well, and, and not to cut you off again, but like Kobe White was someone... Oh, but because we didn't expect Kobe to be crazy good. He was not expected to go top 10. And then, boom, he just explodes. Is there like a smaller level of that here with Cadeau? Yeah, I mean, maybe like Carolina people will tell you they knew after Kobe White took a trip to the Bahamas that he was a lot better than what they thought he was going to be arriving on campus. But I do think Cadeau has kind of exceeded that. There aren't many high school prospects that I watch and I actually like get excited about, like I get giddy about watching this guy. Like I've, I've stayed up late into the night, come into work exhausted watching (laughs) this guy pass the basketball. And that's why I think it's not crazy. He has a bigger impact because he plays differently than Caleb love. He wants to get the ball. He wants to move it. He wants to get it up the court a lot quicker. Love wanted to dominate the thing. He would wear a hole in the floor, just dribble it in the same spot for 26 seconds and shoot the ball. So, no, it's not crazy. You got to temper the expectations. But if this kid is as good as advertised and Hubert unleashes him, the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to see him. He's going to be fun to cover. And so NBA draft also around the corner, some big withdrawals. Zach Eady going back to Purdue. I think this is just a clear-cut case of, of bigs and their place in the game at this point, especially one that plays like he does. He's not the, the rim runner that a lot of these franchises want. Uh, I can't, I'm can't. i a little surprised to see him going back. I'll say that. He's just going to go back to college basketball and dominate. But I, I like his game, man, but I guess I'm stuck in the 90s. Well, yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, how high would he even be drafted then? Oh, he'd have been top 90s. He's going top five. He might be number one overall in the 90s. No. Yes. He, oh. The way centers were valued back then? Because they can move 10 times better he than He plays Zach like Yao can. Ming. That's exactly who he plays like. Well, except Yao Ming was a little bit shiftier until he just got knee injuries. And also, Yao Ming could shoot crazy. Now, I understand. Like Plus, Yao Ming was actually taller, which is crazy to think about. But I don't know if Zach Eady, with his lack of movement, would be number one. Like we've only, you know, Rick Smith is somebody that was seven, four and very skilled and also not seen as this number one overall pick. Right. Right. But like, then he got to the league and he was a baller. Oh, he was good. Yeah. He's not number Rick one Smith overall pick. Nice. Yeah. I love dude. It's the first Jersey I ever had. Right. Like that's, <laughs> no, a, that's I think Zach Eady for sure. in the nineties would have been a, he, he bought him. Okay. So even if you don't want to give him that kind of love, he would have gone lottery in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. No question about so. it. The, the, the guy, it's going to be tough defensively, though, right? Like, it's, you know, Sean Bradley, I guess, was the number two pick. Right. You know, but but some of this is, like, we've kind of learned our, our, our 
kind of uh, we've learned our lesson with some of this stuff, right? I don't think so. Like, well, well, I mean, Sean Bradley was number two and shouldn't have been number two. That's what I'm saying. But scouts are going to always go for the size. Greg Oden didn't have I mean, not anymore. Greg Oden didn't have great offensive well, game Oden coming was out. Foot. We're not going seven four, crazy, crazy tall. And Greg Oden could move ten times better. All right, so we'll get to this on the other side of the break. We'll <laughs> but continue. But Purdue is going to be awesome. Yeah. Let's just hope they don't play Fairly Dickinson. They're coming the sh- back to win the Natty and make my bracket <laughs> destroyed <whole> again. <laughs> As the show goes on, we'll get into more of this. But when we come back, Frank Reich audio breakdown on the other side. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.